Lowe's knows you'll do it right to find the right gifts for dad this Father's Day. We do it right, too, with deals that'll make dad as proud as his perfectly seared steak and his perfectly manicured lawn. Now get a Charbroil 4-Burner Advantage Series gas grill for just $169 and pick up your choice of Craftsman gas or electric string trimmer for only $99 each. Make this Father's Day his best one yet and do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Charbroil offer valid through 612. Craftsman offer valid through 619 U.S. only. What is up, Grinders? Back for an MMA Grinders Live. I'm your co-host, H3 Buddha, other no, uh, known as Mike Brown. I'm here with my friend, Brett Apley, a.k.a. BB Bomb. I uh, had another short break of fights. Uh, coming off of a pretty big high score in 211, a really big event. Uh, one of the best of the year here. So, Brett, what do you... Uh, what do you think after a short break, we're going to get back to winning or what? Uh, I hope so. I mean, yeah, UFC 211, that was crazy as expected. A lot of high scores, a lot of great fights. This is kind of a downer of a card Sunday morning um, in Sweden. Not many great fights, not huge prize pools, but we're just gearing up for, I, I forget the exact number, but it's like 11 fight cards in the span of 10 weeks. So June and July are going to be absolutely nuts. Um, there's still money to be won on this card. And yeah, it's quite an interesting card. And like I said, in Sweden. So I see you're wearing the Swedish flag. Would you go get that like five minutes before the podcast or, or what? Yeah. 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 <laughs> it gets, it gets flag. No, I, 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 I uh, I'm Swedish. I got Swedish heritage. So just had it laying around. I thought it would be fitting, you know, very theme here. Uh, but yeah, I agree. Totally get some, uh, lower price pools this this week but uh something we can work with i think uh we'll still be able to squeak some money out what are your uh, thoughts on it overall yeah i mean it's really tough because there's only a couple fights in the mid-range this week there's like essentially one toss-up fight um a couple close fights and then there's like eight fights that are just not close i mean i think like minus 300 favorites or higher um, which I think is going to lead a lot of people towards stars and scrubs um, just because you want, there's so many great plays and really not a lot of dogs to feel comfortable in. Um, some dog will win. I don't think you're going to win a GPP with five wins. One of these dogs will come through. It's, it's going to be tough finding which underdog though. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I, I see the same thing. It is that middle range. I've, I've kind of, when I hear Brett Apley now, I think of the middle range king. That's what you're, you're finding and exactly what you need. Um, let's just dive right into it. Let's go to the first fight. Uh, first fight on the card is Marcin Held, uh, who can be had for 9,600 on DraftKings, versus Demir Hadjovic at 6,600. Uh, Held is a 340 favorite, and Hadjovic's a 280 dog. What do you think on this one, Brett? Uh, and before I dive into this breakdown, just because we're you know limited on time in this podcast, I just want to say we'll have we'll have every breakdown up uh, in the premium section. You can find that on the the marketplace on Roto Grinders, along with the breakdowns. Um, we have projections just launched the beta version of the lineup builder, so you can use my projections. 
Um, I have tournament and optimal projections uh, to spit out as many lineups as you want. There's also rankings, of course, access to the premium chat. Um, a lot of great content in there. So although we won't break down these completely because we're just limited on time, you can find tons of great information in the premium section. So I definitely recommend checking that out. Um, and yeah, this is it's kind of an interesting fight to start off the card. You know, Marching Held, I think he'll be popular. Um, he's coming off a, a loss against Joe Lozon, but really <clears throat> it should have been a win. Uh, that was the fight where Joe Lozon, you know, admitted that he didn't win. Um, essentially this is a striker versus grappler matchup. And, and <clears throat> besides the stylistic matchup itself, it's also interesting because held is the highest priced fighter on the card and Hadjevich is the cheapest. It doesn't necessarily reflect their odds though. Um, there's a lot of fighters who are heavier favorites than held, but um, if held's going to win, he's going to land a ton of takedowns, potentially get a submission. So <clears throat> in theory, if he wins, he's going to score. Well, it's just really hard to pay up for him. I don't have a problem if you want to pay up for him. Um, but I just don't think I can. He's just too expensive. Uh, and on the flip side, you know, Hadjevich, he's only fought once in the UFC. <clears throat> he got knocked out. Um, it's kind of hard to say exactly what level he's going to, you know, he's going to turn into. He's a decent striker. I think he's probably a better pure striker than held, but he's not very active. Like he, he he's very tentative and I don't know that he's going to be landing a ton of significant strikes, you know, one punch knockout power. I don't really see that. I kind of see him sitting back defending a lot. Um, countering and, and trying to steal a couple rounds. If he gets a knockout, you know, that's great, but uh, I don't see it as super likely. I think a lot of people are actually going to be on Hadjibic for the price and in cash, especially. I don't hate it only because uh, he opens up so much savings for you to roster the big favorites you want, but I, I don't expect a big score from him. Um, I think Held will probably get the takedowns and will probably win this fight it's close. Um, it's not one of my favorite fights in general to target though. Yeah, definitely. This one could be a tricky one. Um, I definitely like Demir and cash. Uh, it does open up a lot of opportunity. He is at a plus two eighty dog. So you're going to see, uh, people around that range that are significantly higher. So, uh, as long as he can, uh, not get finished here in the first you know two rounds i think you're going to be able to get a cash score that's going to be pretty reasonable um and again he he's able to prevent the takedowns in other fights and cage warriors so it is a little bit uh it's going to come down to that and uh he's been off a long time too so we don't really know but uh definitely one to look at for sure yeah, and there's just the thing is, there's so many fighters, you know, below the mid range who I really expect to lose. So it's like in cash, you know, if you want to just drop all the way down, you're probably going to get a loss anyway. You might as well save yourself some money. So that's kind of why I think it's he's an okay play, especially in cash. Yeah, for sure. I think we uh, hit on that one. Let's uh, go to the next fight. We can uh, have Darren Till at 9,000. On DraftKings versus Yasin Ayari at seventy-two hundred. Uh, Darren Till's a four-to-one favorite, and we have Ayari at a three-twenty-five uh, underdog. Uh, what do we have on this striker battle? 
Yeah, it's it's a weird fight. Both guys are like really similar to me. Um, both are you know are kick heavy strikers. Ayari is is kind of someone who will you know he looked good in in his last fight. Um, kind of danced around through kicks. Uh, doesn't like standing in the pocket. Um, he likes to keep space. And I don't know. I don't I don't think he's that great though. Till comes in with much more hype. Um, a lot of people are predicting a finish here. And I mean, he is a huge favorite. I don't, it's not as likely in my opinion, as a lot of people think it is. I mean, Till hasn't looked great either. And my worry is that he spends, you know, he's not the most aggressive guy. He might spend too much time chasing a Yari around and, and this just being like a kick fest. Uh, sure. I do think he's the better fighter. I, I think he can get the knockout. His inside distance prop is plus one twenty six, so that's pretty good. Um, but I don't, I don't think it's a lock by any means. I could easily see this fight going to a decision. Ayari doesn't really interest me at all, though. Uh, his inside distance prop is uh, plus <laughs> plus eleven hundred. So yeah. essentially, he has no chance to finish. And I agree with that line more or less. Um, unless he comes out there and lands a couple of takedowns and, and steals a decision that's like his upside. But I think you're better off avoiding Ayari and till I will have some exposure to him in tournaments based on the inside distance prop, but um, he's not going to be uh, the heaviest play of mine only because I don't think he scores many grappling points. I don't think he's going to land 120 significant strikes by any means. And he's certainly not a lock to finish. Yeah, for sure. This fight certainly has a limited upside on it all around. Um, Till is a southpaw. He should potentially give Yasin some trouble. Uh, he's going to have an advantage in a Muay Thai clinch or any close range. So I do think he easily does win this. But again, Yasin is a counter. He keeps the distance. He's, it, he fights a very slow-paced fight. So uh, this is one that, again, I don't have any interest in Ayari. Um, the only way he would do it is hit a one, one punch. And, and again, you heard his inside is just astronomical. So, yeah, um, yeah, this is kind of a, I don't really have much interest in it overall. A bit of exposure to till in tournaments, I think is smart, but <clears throat> that's about it for me. Yeah, definitely a little sprinkle. Uh, next fight, we have uh, Nico Musik at E500 versus Bojan Volichovic at 7700 uh nico can be had at minus 145 and boyan can be had at 125 underdog uh who do you have on this one um it's one of many fights on this card where it's just really hard to trust either guy um i i think musoki is pretty clearly the better fighter but i don't know that it's by a huge margin um but but still uh, you know he's primarily <clears throat> uh a striker he he lands at a decently high pace but he also has a decent wrestling game uh, and grappling game and like just going back like he fought kelvin gaslam in 2014 um you know picked him up and slammed him to the ground uh took his back held his back for an entire round like just doing that that sequence alone i think his grappling is pretty clearly uh better than Velik Velichkovich's. Um 
you know, Musoka is not a guy who's going to go out there and land a ton of takedowns. He's not like a Damian Maya by any, by any means, but he does have some decent grappling. Uh, and I also think he's the better striker. You know, he also beat Alexander Yakovlev on the feet. Um, and he, and he lost to Tumanov, a close-ish fight, um, clear win for Tumanov, but Tumanov's, you know, an elite striker, and, and he hung in there, to say the least. Vlitschkovich hasn't really done anything. Um, I don't really think he's a UFC-caliber fighter at this point. Like, the, the best things about him are that he's young, he trains out of a good camp, he's athletic, but nothing from his fight game tells me that, you know, he should be winning many fights in the UFC. You know, he beat Alessio Di Chirico, although I, I kind of think he lost, and so do a lot of people. Uh, he earned a draw against Michael Graves, and he was taken down a ton of times there, and he lost to Sultan Aliyev. So, it, to me, it's pretty clearly Musoke here. The only thing is he's coming off a huge two-year layoff, um, so you don't know exactly what that brings. Could be good, could be bad. He's also fighting at home in Sweden. Again, that's why it's hard to trust. But for me, um, Musoka is my preferred play. It's pretty easy, I think. I don't see this fight finishing, but I think Musoka can land a fair amount of significant strikes, land a couple takedowns, a couple passes. Um, and I, you know, I think he can score high enough to pay off the price, even in a decision. Um, I just don't, I don't see what Velichkovich is really going to do to, uh, to pay off his price, even in, a, even in a decision, you know, he's, he hasn't landed more than 45 strikes in any of his three fights and he's not going to be landing a ton of takedowns here. So, um, it's a bit of Musoke for me and I, I'm probably just gonna, I'm probably going to pass completely on, on Velichkovich. Yeah, I, I agree. Bojan's done nothing but be on his back too. He's very, very prone to getting taken down. When I looked at this fight, I looked at, you know, takedowns. Masuke's constantly getting takedowns in fights. It almost reminds me of last card, the Benitez uh, versus Barzola. If you saw Bojan last time, he um, got taken down by Sultan Aif, uh quite a bit, and it was by a long shot. Like, he was just getting taken down very easily. And we saw Benitez had, was prone to that last time. I mean, it might not be to the same thing, especially – because it's not the same weight class too the, the difference there but the the difference between that one and this one is is if barzola didn't get the takedowns he was pretty screwed and i think musoke is probably better on the feet too so it's like yeah. i don't know where you know even if it's even if his edge is not huge i just don't know where fletchkovich really beats him agree yeah and his only real path is to strike his way to a victory and it's, and it's not it's not like this fight's a lock like we haven't seen Musoki in two years but there, yeah. there's just no way for me to pick Pulitskovich yeah that's the that's the concerning part but I agree I I do like Masuke a lot and it's it's scary but it's what we have true so, so uh we're gonna go on to uh the next fight which is Joachim Silva who can be held at uh, 8700 on DraftKings and we have the late replacement Reza Madadi mm -hmm versus uh, at uh, 7,500. Um, Silva, uh, minus 170 favorite, and Madaddy is a 150 underdog. Uh, we love the Bulldog. I mean, listen, he didn't get finished in his last fight. He, he was able to go against a top-level guy. Late replacement scares me here, Brett. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure what you have uh, in mind for this one. Should be fun to watch. <laughs> yeah. It's concerning that, that, that this has happened, but I think Madadi is actually one of my favorite 
dog plays. Um, and I, I don't know if he'll be popular or not because <clears throat> Silva's the guy coming off a, you know, a 10 second knockout, amazing knockout against uh, Holbrook. And so like, you know, he has some hype and Madotti really hasn't done anything in a long time. Um, he's old. Uh, everyone picked against him and Duffy. And although Duffy didn't win by KO, Duffy still won pretty easily. So I, I don't really know how the ownership's going to shake out, but um, first of all, the, the knockout against Holbrook, like I have to credit the chin of Holbrook more than anything because Holbrook went out there, fought Gregor Gillespie, who's a, you know, not a very powerful striker. I mean, he's a, he's a wrestler, a pure wrestler and blasted Holbrook again in the first round. Like, credit to Silva for, for putting it together, but I don't think he's an elite striker by any means. He barely won his, his debut fight off tough um, against Malagari, who's not in the UFC, I don't believe. Um, and, I, you know, I went back and watched a couple of his ultimate fighter fights, and he didn't look that great. Like, he, he fought Glyco Franco, was taken down immediately and, and subbed in the first round like he didn't look good and <clears throat> I think Madotti can land takedowns here um so do I think Madotti has you know elite upside am I confident um not really but uh I'm always looking for grapplers now that's probably the most important thing and Madotti if anything is going to try to get the takedown for three rounds um and he's also so cheap well not so cheap but cheap enough compared to his chance to win that I think he makes for, you know, a really strong play. And, um, you know, if he lands four takedowns, gets a few passes and, and wins by decision, that's going to be more than enough to pay, to pay off his price. So it's really, um, can Silva stop, stop the takedown? And I, I kind of don't think he can, I think he can to an extent, but over the course of three rounds, I'm not sure. And Madadi's never been finished. So there's really no reason for me to play Silva. Um, it's, it's honestly Madotti or pass. And it's, it's one of those things where it's like, I'm kind of forced to go heavy on Madotti, but if he loses, I, I won't be shocked, but I, I think it's probably the smart play. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this one. Yeah. I, I looked at the same thing. I, I, it was concerning when I saw the replacement late replacement. And then I said, wow, it is Madotti. So, I mean, he uh, is very fast paced and we know on DraftKings, we want to kind of target the fighters that are pushing the action, constantly looking to, uh, you know, at least score us some points. Um, so, and again, I do think, I agree with you. I think he's going to be able to get some takedowns here. He should be able to grind it out. Um, he does have a history with the law. Okay. And he's probably going to be able to steal a victory here <laughs> in his hometown, you know, <laughs> That's... Yeah, very funny, very funny. Uh, <clears throat> sorry. I was going to say, too, like, the, there's there's also, you know, a ton of narratives around this fight. Like, he is fighting his hometown, like you said, and I think that gives him a touch percentage better chance of, of stealing the rounds. Um, and, and you know, it's obviously not a, a travel for him, and, and I, I assume Silva's flying from Brazil. So I it just it feels like a trap fight for for silva and again i don't know if he's going to be popular but i my gut says like this it's just a trap fight and so i i'm going to definitely have much you know my main exposure to madadi yeah i i agree madadi is the preferred play in this one for sure and uh it's weird a lot of money has been coming in on some of these dogs and it's 
uh, not all the dogs, but I mean, some closer to the fights that are the money's coming in. So I would definitely, if you're looking, looking at the lines, um, take that into consideration. It does seem to move fast on these overseas cards. Um, so it might be something to monitor. Sure. Uh, let's go on to the next fight. We have Trevor Hot Sauce Smith at 7,300, the underdog, and uh, versus Chris Camozzi at 8,900. Uh, is the favorite at uh, minus 185, and uh, Smith can be had at a 160 underdog. This one, uh, I see a lot of battles on Twitter about. Uh, can't wait to hear what you have on this one because I kind of have a strong stance on this one. <clears throat> Um, just take everything I said about the last fight and apply it to this one, uh, joking more or less, but it's really a striker versus grappler match. Um, again, no reason to be confident in Trevor Smith and no reason to be confident in Chris Camozzi. Um, you know, Camozzi's a decent striker. He's been taken down a lot and he's been out grappled a lot. And Smith, if anything, is going to try to get the takedown. Um, he's a, a good wrestler, a decent grappler. That's about it. Uh, the big concern with Smith is that, you know, he's been knocked out in like less than a minute several times. And a lot of them have been weird. Like it's not, it's not like he's just like unconscious. Like I don't, I don't even, I don't know what it is really. Um, but it's <laughs> a concern enough that I, I, even though I don't love Kamozi, I'll probably have some shares of him in tournaments. Um, let me pull up his inside distance odds. Kamozi's inside is 176 last time I checked. Um, I'm seeing it as plus 251, unless this is old. Um, <clears throat> regardless, like I, I think Kamozi's has a, you know, just based on the fact that Smith has been put away in the first minute multiple times, that's narrative enough for me to, to target Kamozi a bit in tournaments um yeah i'm seeing 251 here inside the distance uh smith inside the distance plus 625 i, I don't think he finishes the fight but similar to madati he's cheap if he wins he's going to get several takedowns he's going to get a few passes and that's going to be more than enough to pay off his price uh, just just whether you think he can last past the first couple minutes and whether or not you think kamozi can um keep the fight standing those are really the main two uh, factors and um I'm, I don't, I don't know where to go with this one. I, I think I'm kind of leaning, I'm leaning toward Kamozi to win pure, like purely win the fight, but I'm going to have more exposure to Smith because there's only a few underdogs that I think have real chances to win. And he's one of them. Um, and he's a grappler. So I think Smith is my preferred play on DraftKings, but it's, it's really a close fight. Yeah, and Kamozi has been taken down 10 times in his last three fights. Um, I mean, he did lose to Daniel Kelly, and it was pretty. Kelly's a top five fighter. What are you talking about? Oh, sorry. Sorry. I forgot. No, uh, it, it's interesting because both guys have upside in the matchup, but it's, it's, it's just you want Trevor Smith, again, targeting the wrestling in this matchup. I'm, I'm not a total fade on Kamozi. A little sprinkle in tournaments isn't a bad thing to have here. Um, I will say this. Uh, <coughs> sorry to – are you going to finish? Good. Um, 
Smith is going to be popular. Everyone has seen what we're seeing, I think. And, and although people may not be confident in it, I think Smith will get a good amount of ownership uh, because people want to pay down for a couple hundred dogs and fit in the high price favorites. So if you go vice versa and, and take these guys like, um, you know, not really Silva, but sure, Silva, Kamozi, Till, Musoke, these guys in the mid range favorites. Um, I think they're going to be kind of contrarian lineups this week. And I, you know, like, I don't think Kamozi is going to be that highly owned. Um, he has a decent chance to win. He has a decent chance to finish. So I think he's a sneaky play in tournaments. I still don't love him, but I will definitely have some exposure to him because I expect Smith to be popular. Yeah, it is. It's really weird because you have so many favorites and Kamozi's price doesn't seem where it should be. It should be a little bit. It should be in a middle tier for this fight. So, yeah, I definitely agree. Travis Smith's going to be probably pretty high owned. So keep it in the back of your head when you're building GPPs. Yeah. Um, let's move on to the next fight. Uh, we have Pedro Munoz at 9,500. Uh, biggest uh, favorite on the card at minus uh, 850 uh, versus Demian Stasiak. Uh, he can be had for 6,700. And the underdog at plus 575. Um, I know. I'm a little biased. Damian Stasiak has won me money in DFS before, uh, but this is uh, interesting, very interesting, because you get Munoz, who uh, has been down on fights before. I don't know if you happen to agree, and he pulls off that guillotine. Uh, again, Stasiak might – were you ever on Stasiak when he uh, – a little bit not not as much as you yeah so i don't know you got the biggest favorite uh minus 850 so uh what do you think you're gonna be taking them uh if i can afford him yeah i i don't think stasiak's gonna win you any money this week there, there's really only one way he wins and it's wrestling and then controlling the grappling getting you know getting top control and potentially getting this submission uh, he doesn't, he look like does nothing on the feet. I mean, he's fought a handful of times in the oh. UFC. He, he lands 0 0.86 significant strikes per yeah. minute. Uh, Munoz is not a bad striker. Yeah. He was, you know, losing to Justin Scoggins. He was losing to, um, I mean, he lost to Jimmy Rivera in a you know close fight. These guys are not Damien Stasiak. I think Munoz is a much better striker. He strikes at a much higher rate. I think he, potentially could even get a knockout on the feet. Not that I would predict that, but I, I do think he's clearly the better striker. Um, he's also the better grappler. Uh, <clears throat> and, you know, the thing is like, I, Munoz isn't a guy who's really going to like <clears throat> rush in their double leg Stasiak to the ground, you know, mount him. Like I, I kind of see him choosing to strike if he can. Stasiak will be the one trying to get the fight to the ground and, He's going to get desperate. He's going to shoot for his single leg that he does every time. And that's right into Munoz's wheelhouse. So um, this fight could play to a decision. I wouldn't be shocked, but um, I think Munoz has a great chance to win by guillotine again, or some sort of choke like he has in a lot of his fights. I mean, Stasiak was nearly submitted several times by Yautz and Meza and there's probably a good reason if you don't know who that is. I promise you Munoz is a much better grappler than Meza. So uh, the concern for me is that 
there's going to be so there's going to be like probably at least six seven like of the upper tier fighters who score like 100 plus points um so even if munoz wins even if i told you munoz wins by guillotine in a minute if you told me that i probably wouldn't even want to play him because like it's just so tricky he's not i don't think he's going to land a ton of takedowns um and everyone could could score 100 points so it's like should you play munoz if you have the money absolutely nothing wrong with them um, do you have to force him in? No, I don't think so. Cause there's too many good plays, no matter how good Munoz does, there could be five other fighters who do just as well. So it's kind of a price thing. He'll probably win. He'll probably finish. Um, but he, he's not like a lock in terms of, uh, to be on, to be on my, my lineups. Yeah. I a hundred percent, uh, agree on that. <laughs> uh, it, it is a weird card because like you said, there are going to be multiple guys potentially getting over a hundred points. So you've got to look at it as what's the highest probability of, you know, these other guys that we're going to talk about a little bit later that potentially heavier weight classes, you know, they potentially uh, end sooner. Um, I don't even know if we want fights to end soon. You know, it's, it's, it's so weird. Like I can't, I'd almost rather prefer to go like three rounds and have someone just dominate the fight and land eight takedown kind of thing. Yeah. And this could be a scrappy fight. And like you said, if he's, if Stasiak is uh, rushing in for a single, I mean, he could get caught. So it, I understand why Munoz is uh, inside. I think he is the second or third best inside the distance. And um, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty straightforward. Don't worry. I'll have my one share of Stasiak in tournaments. <laughs> He's minus 117 inside the distance. That's actually not that great for his odds to win. Yeah. For what it's worth. So probably uh went over that one in too much detail <laughs> CC act doesn't deserve that much attention sorry guys no uh next fight we have jack hermanson <coughs> good swedish sport 8300 uh versus alec nicholson at 7900 hermanson comes in at a minus 155 favorite nicholson the underdog at 135 uh hermanson on home soil uh nicholson He's uh he's put an upset to uh you know things that the UFC usually do. You see UFC put fights together where they want somebody to succeed. Um, was it uh, the Darren Clark fight that he uh he knocked Darren Clark out? I mean Devin. Yeah, Devin. Uh, well, he is he's definitely that type of guy that can go out there, uh, chip on a shoulder. Um, comes from a good camp. Uh, what do you think on this one, Hermanson at home or uh, pretty close? Yeah, I'm on Hermanson here. Um, I don't know how much I like it from a DraftKings perspective, though. I think both guys really want to stand. Um, so I don't know how much grappling potential there is, and I don't think it's super likely to end inside the distance. Nicholson's pretty tough, and so is Hermanson. I just I have to favor the technique of Hermanson. Yeah, he lost to Cesar Ferreira in his last fight. He got outgrappled, but I don't think Nicholson's going to do that to him. I mean, just if you watch Nicholson, like – he's so confident he's aggressive he walks forward but uh he like defensively he'll do this thing like he'll like stick his head back and like he like he doesn't like slip punch like it's just so weird and and it doesn't look technical um so yeah i think the technique of herman uh, hermanson is just superior and i have to favor him in the striking 
I mean, this is one of the, this is one of the few close fights though. So um, I probably will have some exposure to Nicholson in tournaments because he can win. It's a close fight, but uh, I have to pick Hermanson to win. <clears throat> um, I just don't know how much I love him on DraftKings. Yeah, definitely. I, uh, I think it the line was pretty closer earlier in the week and we saw <coughs> the line pull a little bit more uh, later here in the week. And Again, Hermanson's going to have uh, probably a better grappling advantage. Um, and I, I don't know if I necessarily see it going that route. I think you agree. It should be a striker's battle. So I don't know overall the fight, what the upside is here. I mean, do you see a decision? I do, but look, I mean, it, these, they're going to go out there and bang. So yeah. someone could get knocked out. It's not, there's, it's not like, you shouldn't target this fight. Like I will have some exposure to it, especially if I'm building mid range tournament lineups, which I will have some of those. Um, I just, if I had to guess, I don't think it finishes and I don't think they land many takedowns. So it's they're pro the winner's probably not going to score, you know, 85 plus points here. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and again, I think there might be a little bit of line value at minus 155 on the 8300. So that could be a, a decent value play. Yeah. Uh, on to the next one. We have uh, Nordine Taleb at 9400 versus the late replacement Oliver Encamp at uh, 6800. Taleb, a six to one favorite uh, versus the newcomer at 45. Uh, plus 45. Um, what do you think? A newcomer? Uh, we know we like to target the newcomers, especially on DraftKings. Um, don't know. I mean, it's my Swedish boy, undefeated. Uh, so just temper your expectations here. Yeah, definitely temper them. The only reason they brought him in here is because he's Swedish. There's there's literally no other reason. <clears throat> I haven't seen anything on tape that that tells me he's a UFC-level fighter, and, and I – I see people, some people thinking this fight could be close because Nordine Taleb's not a killer, but I don't know. I think Nord, Nordine might wreck him. And there's a reason Nordine is like minus 600 or whatever. You don't see that normal. Like he, he fought a close fight with Ponza Nibio. And Camp really has some spin kicks. Like that's, that's about it. There's really nothing else he has that remotely scares me. He's not going to out-wrestle Taleb. I think Taleb can probably get him to the ground several times in this fight if he wants to. Um, I, I think Taleb can outgrabble him pretty easily. And I also think Taleb's a better striker. Like, yeah, if Encamp plays like a range game and just like throws kicks at his knee and throws spinning kicks, like <clears throat> maybe he can neutralize the damage, make the fight look close. But I don't see I don't see how he wins the fight. Um and I don't think a lot of people are going to be on Taleb, which is interesting because he's, people are like, oh, he's not going to finish, you know, whatever. But, you know, it, I think there's a chance for him to go out there and, and dominate this fight uh, for three rounds. And maybe that doesn't mean, you know, a finish, but maybe that means several takedowns and just a ton of strikes, a ton of passes and camp fights hard, something like that. Um, so I like him. I like to love, I'll definitely have exposure to him in tournaments, especially because I, I think he's going to be lower owned than he should. Um, is he, you know, 
a lock, not necessarily, but uh, I, I definitely think he wins. And I really don't have any interest in end camp, especially if other people do have interest in him. Uh, I just, he's not going to score wrestling. He's not, he's not going to grapple well. And, and unless he gets a spinning kick KO, I don't, I don't see him winning. Yeah. It's, it's definitely pretty one-sided. And like you said, it's, it, he could just go back to Lev could just go back to his wrestling, take him down. And, and this, this is a weird thing. Like just going back, like you don't know in three rounds, he could take him down five times reverses yeah passes so it's really tricky card so if you just think he's going to do that and just grind it out you it's weird and and i do think he'll be lower on so uh i mean end camp is like in a sense the the poor 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 man's eric silva uh and taleb looked great in that fight um so it's not like this style is is really scary for him so um, I'm excited to see it. Taleb's look better and better, so it should be a good one. Yep, good position for Taleb. Uh, let's move on to the next fight. We have Abdul Razak Al-Hazan, the favorite. Uh, he can be had at 9,100 on DraftKings versus Omari Akhmedov. He can be had for 7,100. Al-Hazan, uh, 265 favorite, and Akhmedov is a 225 underdog. Uh Al Hassan made people another uh, name that has made DFSers a lot of money. Uh, pretty sure you are all over him. You even got me on him last time. Uh, what do you think on this one? <coughs> yeah, if you want to figure out who the highest owned fighter on the card is going to be, it'll be Al Hassan. Um, he has, I think it's what, what is he, 7 0? 7 0, all seven wins, like basically knockout in one minute, um, which is. You know, the big concern is what happens if he doesn't get the knockout quickly. Um, still, he is a, a super powerful striker, um, a judo black belt, I believe. He's so athletic and, you know, he has real potential if he has cardio, which we haven't seen. Um, so I'll, I'll put it this way. I think you should have heavy exposure to all Hassan. It's just too likely that he wins by knockout in the first round. Um, so I, I think he makes for a real high upside play. He's going to, he's cheap enough. There's no reason not to, to target him in tournaments. I also think you should have some exposure, a, a bit of exposure to Akhmadov and a bit of exposure of just fading this fight completely because Akhmanov is a tough-ish guy, and, you know, if this fight gets out of the first round, that's not crazy. Um, and then who knows what's going to happen. Maybe these guys gas. Maybe Akhmanov takes over. Maybe it just turns into, a, you know, a heavyweight-type fight where neither scores points. So I'm going to have a ton of exposure to Al-Hassan, but so will everyone else. Um, so I think it's – I think if you're making many lineups, I think it's smart to have a touch of Akhmanov and uh, a few lineups that have neither guy from this fight. Yeah, and a lot of people are going to look at his DraftKings score and say, wow, I need this guy. I think he had three knockdowns. That's 30 points right there. I mean, off the bat, you don't see that often at all in any fight. So um, Akhmedov was KO'd two of his last three as well. So, uh, you know, and, and the last fight he had was just a guy that was retiring. So, I mean – uh yeah definitely the highest owned guy probably and rightfully so he'll probably be over 60 percent i like 
again, that's the tournament strategy though. You know, uh, if you want to fade it, fade at your own risk. But again, that's the free X, you know, if you think he's got that hundred points. Um, yeah, pretty much all Hassan. <laughs> and, and like you say, you do want a little bit tournament strategy wise. If you want Ekmetov as a, a value play again, you're banking on that, uh, you know, we, a question mark on Al Hassan's uh, gas tank. Yeah. So uh, next fight we have Ben Saunders, uh, favorite, slight, slight favorite, um, 8,400 on DraftKings versus Peter Sabata, 7,800. Uh, he's, uh, Sabata can be minus 105, and Saunders is a slight favorite, minus 115. Who do you have on this close old man matchup? <laughs> um, it's another one. I just I'm not really sure. It's it's really close. It's hard to trust either guy. Um, I feel like I I always pick Saunders wrong. Uh, you know he's like a, the, your poor man's Carlos Condit in a sense. Like, um, good on the feet, good off his back, but there's not really a wrestling game there. So, um, and he's just seems like always he's fighting a guy who's probably going to try and get the takedown. So it's like on the feet, I would give Saunders a side advantage. Um, I think Sabata has a pretty clear wrestling advantage, but if, if Sabata gets the fight down, um, I don't think he's going to do that much with it. And I, I don't think, I don't think Saunders is just going to submit him though. He hasn't, he hasn't looked super effective lately but he i do think he can just hold him in guard and limit the passes so that's kind of scary um i'll have more exposure to sabata just based on the price and based on the grappling another one of those guys um i i think he probably wins but it's really close uh but yeah i'll, I'll have some exposure to sabata um probably not much a, of of saunders just there's just fighters I'd rather target. I'm just not confident in him. Um, can he win by knockout or submission? Yeah, but I'm not going to bank on that. I'd rather get some price savings and, uh, and target the grappler. And I do think Sabata is going to be moderately popular, but, um, are you on the same side as me? Yeah. Sabata on this one. Um, it's again, we always are saying wrestling, wrestling takedowns, that's what we need on DraftKings now. It's just the way it has to be. And uh, Ben Saunders' nickname, the killer bee, I don't see that anymore as he's getting older. He just doesn't have the killer instincts. So, again, he could get like a flash knockdown. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to side with the wrestler yet again. Should he change his nickname from the killer B to the killer C or D or F? Like a letter grade? Yeah. I'm, might as well. We'll have to. I guess that joke fell flat. I apologize. No, I, I, I'm trying to think of what letter grade I would give him. <laughs> I don't, I'm not really sure. Somewhere in the K range, I think. But Ooh, that's I don't know. I don't know if he's falling that far, but maybe we'll maybe we should write a letter. I think I think it's a good idea. Fine. Well, you know, I don't know. Do you see the winner of this fight being on a GPP win? Yeah, I mean, yeah, sure. If if Sabata <clears throat> if Sabata lands several take you know, four or five takedowns and gets four to five passes, which is possible. Um, I, I think he, he can end up on the winning lineup. And if Saunders goes out there and knocks him out or submits him, he'll probably end up on the winning lineup. But it's like, how confident am I in those outcomes? Not confident. So for me, it's a touch of Sabata. Um, 
only I'll only be targeting Saunders if I'm making the mid-range focused GPP lineups, which maybe a couple, but definitely not a high exposure play. Yeah, for sure. Let's uh, move on to the next, the co-main event. We have Nisa Shirkinov versus Volkan Ostemir Shirkinov, uh, 9,300 on DraftKings, a minus 485 and growing every day favorite. <laughs> Versus Ozdemir at 6,900 uh, at a plus 385 underdog. Are you uh, buying the hype train? Misha, not the, you know, uh, woman's champion, previous woman's champion. Uh, um, hype train or what? What are you buying here? <coughs> yeah, I've been on Sirkinov for a while. I was like pretty much all in on him against Krylov when that fight was 50-50. Um, that was one of my better nights, but... <clears throat> Uh, I, I think I just think he's, you know, really good. Ozemir's ranked number five in, in the world because he beat OSP on his debut. But oh, like I, I said this last time, OSP's not that good. He's just not that. He's never been that good, um, and he wasn't that good then. So Ozemir's not the number five guy in the world. Just ignore that ranking. Serkinov is the better fighter. Um, it's essentially a striker versus grappler matchup, but the striking's close, and I don't think the grappling is close. So. I think Ozemir could hang in there on the feet. Maybe if he keeps range, um, he has some good kicks. That that's his way to win. I don't I don't see him getting knockout, but it's light heavyweight, so anything could happen. But Sirkinov's not a bad striker. He's got power in his hands, um, but he's a good wrestler and a really good grappler. And, and Ozdemir has shown glimpses of poor grappling. Is he the worst grappler in the UFC? No, but I, I have to think Sirkinov has an edge there. Um, Serganov's going to be popular, but look, he, he's a good play. You know, he has a, <clears throat> a strong inside distance prop. He's likely to get takedowns. He's likely to get passes. He's likely to get a finish. Uh, he's not the highest priced fighter. So there's some, you know, there's some value on him. I think, uh, I'll definitely have exposure to Serganov. Um, maybe, a, maybe a touch of Ozdemir just because it's a light heavyweight fight, but, uh, Serkinov's definitely the play here and I think there's a good chance he he scores 100 plus yeah for sure I do I'm all uh, I mean I've been riding the train just like you were um Misha is a beast and when he's on he is on and we haven't seen many glimpses of, of anything poor in his UFC bouts I mean look at his logs he may it's weird a lot of people are saying this isn't a safe pick but I say he's probably the safest out of this range. I mean, Al Hassan, we just talked about. Um, yeah, he should get the knockout, but we don't the, know. The thing is, it's MMA, so there, there's yeah. never a safe pick. I mean, we could go and think of you know ten examples on the spot of picks we thought were safe. Tyler Santos over Eric Spicely. Uh, <laughs> that the name's not supposed to come up on the spot anymore. It's no more it's MMA, like. I just I'm not surprised anymore if a huge underdog comes through, but I think long term Sirkinov is a strong play. So regardless of what happens, I'm going to have exposure to Sirkinov, and I'm not really going to think twice about it. Yeah, for sure. I I I agree 100. percent I'm going to be overweight on the field for sure with uh, Misha on this. What kind of what kind of ownership do you think he'll come in at? Over or under 40 uh, percent? Well, that's that's right where I was at 50. I mean, he 
it's it's so weird because it, it's going to be scar stars and scrubs because people are going to want to pick the names they know i mean this is yeah. interesting we'll have to get into it in a second with the main event but i don't know if you need the main event this week it's it's one of those weird cards and again it's it's more of an ownership thing to take down on gpp uh if al hassan's going to be the highest owned and he has that you know well we saw three knockdowns but if he has the potential to score you know that high i mean ownership is it's it's a really weird week so um i guess we might as well go touch on the main event now i mean we're both pretty uh pretty interesting matchup here uh we have uh alexander gusason uh who can be had for 9200 versus glover texera who can be had at 7000 uh gusason uh increasing every day um uh minus 320 favorite versus uh glover's uh, plus 260 um i always ask you right away stack or not stack in main event uh but you know, I do hope you go with um, the right choice here. Um, but before I answer that question, I was looking on Twitter, uh, and and Sun Tzu's tweeted out, "What will occur first? Mike grows facial hair, Brett uh, on a pod without a hat, or Kamozi reps Life Alert?" I don't know. For some reason, Sun Tzu thinks that Kamozi should have Life Alert as a sponsor, like help. I'm, I've fallen and I can't get up, type of thing. That's a little button. Yeah, yeah, which is which is totally Sun Tzu humor, but um, anyway, yeah, I, I'm with Gustafson here. It, it's it's not a super hard pick, but it, it's it's like close. You know, it, it's it's still a close fight. Um, I just think Gustafson's probably better everywhere. He, he you know he's rangier. He strikes at a higher volume. He has more varied striking. He he's shown really strong wrestling in the past. You know, both offensively and defensively. He he nearly beat John Jones. It was very close fight. Um, so I think Gustav, I think uh, Teixeira is going to have to knock him out quickly to win this fight, um, which is possible. I've, you know, it, it's, that's the best way I can put it. Teixeira will probably need to win by knockout quickly to win this fight. And that's a possibility. Um, and so just based on that, I will have some exposure to him in tournaments. More than likely, I think Gustafson wins. Um, could be by decision. He could mix in the wrestling. Uh, he could win by knockout. I think he's more durable. We, we've seen Teixeira's chin kind of slowing down. Um, Is that because his tooth came flying out of his mouth from Mumble? Was that him? I forgot about that. <laughs> that was bad. Um, but yeah, Gustafson's my preferred play, and he's in that range with Munoz, Sirkinov, Al Hassan. So it's like you, you can't take all four of those guys. I've tried it. Um, you got to take three, and so it's like who do you fade there? I think really the best thing to do is to mix and match. Um, unless you're making one lineup, then just pick your three favorites. But um, Gustafson, I mean Gustafson's scoring seventy five points in a decision loss, like he scores highly. Um, so yeah, you don't need the main event, but it's like, do you need all Hassan if he's going to be 65% owned? Um, I like us. I always like targeting the main event. It there's safety built into it based on the five rounds. We've seen Gustafson score highly before several times. Um, so I like him. He, he, you know, he's, 
he'll be a strong play of mine. Um, and I'll have some of Teixeira as well. As far as stacking in cash, I kind of want to go stars and scrubs in, in cash. So, but I, I'm leaning toward no, but I, I, if, if you said, Hey, Brett, I want to stack in cash. I'm an, I'm an, I'm a, uh, I'm a newbie cash stacker. And, and I think I'm going to try it out here. I would say, Mike, go for it. I think it's an okay play. Um, and best of luck to you. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I'm not a cash stacker, but I know you guys. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, definitely Gustafson in this one. I mean, there are paths of victory for Texera. Um, and I guess it, it could, I mean, he could take Gustafson down in the first or second round. There could be a scare. I mean, there really could be, but <laughs> Gustafson's takedown defense is 86%. So I am kind of against good wrestlers too. Yeah. I mean, Cormier and tier. Jones. Yeah. So there's, again, you do have the hometown, you know, Bias. cooking too. Just think of that too. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm all, I'm going to be definitely heavy on Gustafson. Uh, Tixera, I, I find myself putting Tixera in a punt lineups though, which is weird because I don't even think he's going to win. You mean stacking them in tournaments or? No, no. just, just, just naked, naked Tixera. Naked Tixera. Wow. That's, that's a strong move. Uh, I mean, look, I think Tixera is a fine play. Anyone in the main event is usually fine just because they have such a high floor if they win, you know, built in. Um, I think he probably loses, but he's one of the underdogs that can win. So he's a, he's a decent play. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's, uh, let's go over. Who do you think? Um, I mean, we've already talked about, um, Al Hassan being probably the favorite, uh, you know, for ownership wise. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's try to find somebody that we think might go overlooked um who do you think could go overlooked this week um at the high end i think it would be i would say taleb and even though i won't have a ton of exposure to him i also think held might be lower owned because people just won't be able to reach him um i think taleb has as much upside as any of those other guys uh but he's he's he'll probably be lower owned than everyone right i mean who who would he be higher owned than so I think Taleb's. I think Taleb's a pretty sneaky play at the at the top end. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm in the same boat with Taleb. I also don't know about Darren Till. Um, he's got some hype, and like I say, watch those lines. See if you know he might become even more of a favorite inside the distance. You just you know keep it in the back of your head when you're looking at things. Um, I, the value plays. What do you think? Um, name one guy. I don't know. Whatever you think, lower owned or has the. Uh, I wouldn't say the best option down there below. You know, seventy five hundred. I mean, it's Madotti for me or Smith. Um, I'll probably have some exposure just to Shara. To I'd say Akhmadov is probably the sneakiest play because. Uh, all Hassan is going to be so highly owned that it's just such a game theory, pure game theory play. Pure game theory. That that's a gravy cakes play right there, guys, for sure. Uh, Shout out. <laughs> just uh, just remember that the card is on a Sunday morning this week in Sweden. So remember, 
Uh, so yeah, let's get another good score um, this week, just like last week. Um, yeah, grinders. Uh, nice to see you guys. Um, hope you have a good one. See ya. Pros do it right by relying on trusted brands because your reputation depends on it. Lowe's is here to help by having more of those brands in stock like DeWalt. So when you need a DeWalt tool fast, you know where to go and where to save. Because we stock the largest in-store selection of DeWalt power tools and accessories of any national retailer. And now you can save $100 on a DeWalt XR2 tool 20-volt max brushless power tool combo kit featuring a drill and impact driver for just $289. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offer valid through 616 U.S. only. Mommy, let's read another. Every child needs to read, but 60% of U.S. children in poverty don't have a children's book in their home. This summer, you and your kids can help change that with Save the Children's 100 Days of Reading Challenge. See how at savethechildren.org read. Once upon a time, a little girl wanted to become an animal doctor. Save the Children. Changing a life lasts a lifetime.